Look at my butt. Show number 280 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK talk track. Hey, listeners, we're back. We are back uh, bringing joy and light into everyone's lives <laughs> as much as we can. It's Starlight. It's Star Trek. It's true. It it is Star Trek, and we were just saying to each other uh, off camera, so to speak, that yeah, in, whatever in, the expression yeah, is. In these troubled times, you know, Star Trek is just so nice and comforting, and boy, it's nice to be in a world where reasonable people are in charge. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just makes me feel so much better to watch Star Trek. Even the Star Trek I don't even like that much, like um, on. Uh, I guess it's Heroes and Icons. They've been now mm-hmm. cycling through TNG. And mm-hmm. They're in season two, which was still crappy. And last night was the episode where um, Riker and his dad are yelling Whole at each fight. Other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that big fight with the Q-tips. It's yeah. such a stupid episode. It's really dumb. And it was. And I had forgotten this, that it was another episode where Riker gets offered a captainship and then ends up turning it down. Mm-hmm. This is not explained. Like, he spends the whole episode saying goodbye and thinking how it's going to be. He has a big tearful thing with Deanna Troy. And then at the end, Picard's like, well, let's go drop him off at the bus depot or whatever. And, then, <laughs> you know, the, the turbo like doors open up and he's like, nope, I'm staying. The end. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know what I've been watching a lot of? Mm. And it's like when I'm, you know, surfing through the guide looking for something that isn't the news. <laughs> uh-huh. um, uh, uh, the Andy Griffith Show. Oh, yes. The Andy Griffith Show. And I, I swear it was like two or three months ago. I was doing this so constantly. I said, you know, if, if this goes on much longer, I am going to be writing Andy and Barney fanfic. <laughs> Oh, well, um, I've been also watching old Doctor Who, like 70s and <laughs> 80s Doctor Who, which is an escape thing in its own right. And um, yep. I've just gotten to the part where uh, it's the seventh Doctor and basically every episode is about Thatcher. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, just, just a, a different uh, way to pick on current events anyway yeah yeah um, so we do what we can we do it's true so yeah watch more star trek that's for sure there's enough of it around um yes we have a bunch of newsy things and then we've got a big old movie review coming at the end of the episode which and uh it's it's astounding we didn't know this thing existed and then suddenly we watched it and then there was a review of it so amazing yeah so the very first thing is that Bill did another Galaxy Con, which we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. And this one he did with Henry Winkler. So it was the two of them just talking to each other for a yep. half an hour. And that was pretty good. It was so funny because, you know, they they are both very comfortable in the situation. I'm assuming Henry has done more of these things, too. Mm-hmm. But they just relaxed into each other mm-hmm. and at a lot of points it was just like bill and henry talking mm-hmm. and 
oblivious to the fact that there's all these fans listening and typing in their stupid questions and everything. It was really fun. It was good. And they're just, you know, both in good spirits and they're really happy. And of course, you know, they have to spend like the first five minutes talking about how great Zoom is, which just is like every old person, you know. Yes. It's amazing <laughs> that we can talk to each other over the internet and we're not even in the same room and there's all these fans here. <laughs> it's like the Jetsons. It's, a, it's like, wow, technology, man. So that was good. Um, Bill looked really good. And yes. I think you'd mentioned in another interview, he had said he lost some weight, which looked pretty obvious to me. Like mm -hmm. His face looks slimmer. He just looks better. Um, right. And he was in a different room in his house. He wasn't in the kitchen <gasps> this time. I noticed that. And <laughs> another thing to put, to throw into our divorce theory is um, years ago, he said um, that whenever he's, you know, on the prowl for women because he's just lost one, mm. uh, he loses weight. Ooh. So he can, you know, be more attractive. Yeah. So Very interesting. Um, so put that in the hopper. Yeah, and, there, uh, there was no actual discussion of divorce or mm -mm. wives or anything like that, just to get that out of the way right up front. Right, right. Bill was, he was great. He was shilling for the unexplained, you know, had to get that in there. Um, yep. He, he, so this, I thought was very interesting he talked about the fact that they have been filming some of the unexplained very safely. He said mm -hmm. they do it with a very, very small crew with very long lenses. So they're not near to each other. And it's just him in the studio sitting on, you know, the little chair mm -hmm. and saying his lines. So he continues to actually work. He's not just yep. in his house anymore. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, but I hope every show doesn't turn into the unexplained, oh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can't believe people watch that show. Like, it's just not a good show, man. It's really yeah. not good. Yeah. I laughed so hard because as they were exchanging pleasantries and saying, how are you doing and how's it going? Bill said, I'm so well. I'm embarrassed by how well I'm doing. <laughs> As you said so wisely, you know, he does live his life in superlatives. And, yes. you know, I'm embarrassed by how well I'm doing is about mm -hmm. as much praise as you could heap on yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and that the, made me laugh so hard. The one thing I remember that just made me laugh really hard was they were talking, I think, about you know, the post office and mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then they were going to leave that topic. And suddenly Henry goes, all I get is bed, bath and beyond coupons. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I actually took notes while they were talking. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Uh, Bill talked about his blues album. And I understand mm -hmm. that as of like yesterday or today, there were a couple of interviews that had some samples from those songs, but I haven't listened to them yet. Oh, um, well, you know, he, they did release one song. Mm, okay. Um, now I can't think of it. Um, oh, you put a spell on me. Oh, okay. Have you listened and, to it? Oh yeah. I listened to it and it starts out, you know, Bill's really, you put a spell on me. <laughs> and I thought, okay, start out like that. And it's going to build. Well, it didn't. Ooh. And the thing is the, the musicians he's got are so good. So that's fantastic. But at least on that song, no. Bill is not good. Interesting. So. All right. I'm going to have to listen to that. Mm-hmm. That was a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Well, I just didn't get around to it. Right. Right. Henry said to him, uh, do you talk the blues? 
you know, asking about <laughs> whatever his style was. And Bill said, I, I typed this as he was talking. He said, no, yes, no and yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he said, I yearn to sing, but I can't sing. <laughs> okay. And, oh, and then he says, if I'm yelling, it's yelling with a purpose when I'm singing. So that was good. They uh, got into a very interesting discussion about religion because mm -hmm. Henry was saying that um, he still has his faith and praise. And Bill very strongly came out as just saying, no, I don't believe in any of that anymore because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're praying for God to make things better and, you know, to give people strength to make the world better. And Bill said, well, why don't you just, why doesn't God just do it? why do we have to be the ones to do it like if, mm -hmm. if god is making it this way god should fix everything yeah and uh, you know he doesn't talk about religion that much and i thought it was interesting that he he came out with that as strongly as he did yeah usually when he does talk about religion it's not that specific or direct mm -hmm. but he'll talk kind of when people say well what do you think happens when you die and he goes that's it it's over mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know there, there's nothing Yep. Yep. Um, so they did get into talking about aliens, and then I kind of lost track of the conversation because Henry went off on a tangent about aliens, and it didn't make any sense to me. So oh, okay. my notes literally say, I have no idea what Henry is talking about with aliens, so <laughs> we'll skip over that. But then um, they got into this really interesting discussion about stuff, and Henry said that he keeps something from every project that he works on. Yes. Which astounded me, given how long he's been in show business. Mm -hmm. And he admitted, he said, I'm a hoarder. I just have something from everything in his mm -hmm. loft or in his attic or whatever. And Bill was very much the opposite, saying, no, I have nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't keep anything. History is gone it's right now I live in the moment and I don't have anything from any of those things. And that was really interesting to me. Well, first that Henry keeps things from everything he mm -hmm. works on, which like, I can't even imagine how much stuff that is, but interesting that as Bill gets older, he's really embraced this. Like I am just living in the present and nothing else yep. is important. Yep. I mean, you know, actors in general, mm -hmm. uh, they do keep things, you know, like from from perhaps some performances, things like that. But to 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 know, I've got something from every performance, and I know where it is. Yeah, is uh, pretty stunning. It's amazing. Um, Bill said Leonard gave me a pair of ears, and I can't find them. <laughs> I actually think he he either auctioned them off or gave them away in one of his horse show things now that I'm thinking Oh, maybe about it. so. Yeah, it's possible. And uh, then they they kind of uh, took some questions from the audience as they had before, and somebody asked Bill what he's most proud of in his career, and again, he said, "What I'm doing right now, that's what I'm most mm -hmm. proud of." So, uh, it was good. It was very interesting. Yep. Someone said um if uh, uh, the show that they were in, Better Late Than Never, it was ever yes. going to come back. And they said, no, because there's no way that they could be doing traveling now. And mm -hmm. the poor people are sort of all into different things. But they had a good time. And Henry commented that Bill, throughout their trips, ate everything that was put in front of him in yep. every country, every time. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> 
Oh, Bill, always adventurous. And then it made me think about Out to Lunch again. Yeah. <laughs> Which I will say we watched. We had a watch along a couple of weeks yes. ago. Um, for those of you who were there, thank you for coming. It was a blast. And uh-huh. um, for those of you who were not able to make it, we will be doing more things like that in the future. But it was super fun to watch that with a group of people again. That was really Yes. Good. Oh, and just, you know, we hadn't watched it in so long. Yeah. I swear, I'm I'm so glad I taped that. And then you digitized it, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. It was all us, baby. We brought it to the world. If we hadn't yeah. done that, no one would ever be able to see it again. And people would think we hallucinated it. <laughs> that didn't really happen. He wasn't yes, coming on to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh. To conclude this, I just got an email from GalaxyCon. Bill's doing another one on Saturday, October 3rd. Oh, I thought he had one coming up before then. Uh, possibly. There's other ones. There's one. That's... Oh, no. I know what's coming up. I signed up Oh yes. for that class. Yes, me too. Oh, okay. And um, the other one I want to see in the series is um, the Ken Burns one. The other ones I had never heard of, but I thought this would be great. Yeah. So what this is, for people who don't know, I don't know if there are still tickets. Well, by the time this goes out, it will probably be over. But it, it's a, a lecture series, so it's not a mm-hmm. fan thing. Yes, and, and it's it, not really a class. But No, it's not a class. It's more like a lecture series. And they were letting people sign up for it. Um, let me find it. This guy set it up Yeah. for his students. Mm-hmm. And didn't he um, go into some detail about how he knows Bill? I'm going to look at this article. I should have had this open before, but I have Oh, it that's okay. Yeah. So this was, this is for Keene State College, K-E-E-N-E. Mm-hmm. And it is for a series of, um, a lineup of film professionals who are going to talk about what it's like to work in the industry, which is fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we'd love to hear Bill talk about work and acting and working in the industry. <clears throat> it was put together by film professor Tom Cook for his career development class. The course discusses internships and career opportunities in film and media. So in addition to Shatner, um, this fall speakers include Lee Unkrich, who's one of the guys from Pixar, Oh, okay. Uh, Keene State film alumni and local filmmakers, uh, including Ken Burns, Alan Bell, who's the editor of movies in the Hunger Games series, and um, other multiple Keene State film alumni on various career paths. With Shatner, Cook said it was a stroke of luck that brought them together. Several years ago, Cook said, he was listening to Shatner's audiobook in which the actor mentions he did a benefit ride for the American Legion and recorded it but had no one to edit the footage. The motorcycle thing. The motorcycle thing, right? Yeah. Flash forward a few years and Shatner was in Concord as part of his nationwide 25th anniversary tour of Wrath of Khan, which Cook attended. Shatner mentioned again that his American Legion project was incomplete. So I got a picture with him and I figured, what the heck? I wrote him a letter saying, I'm a film professor and I'll cut your project. (laughs) And sure enough, he got the letter and his assistant called me and I've been working for a few years now on the project. Wow. From there, Cook said Shatner volunteered several times to return the favor, which led to him eventually agreeing to speak with Cook's students. That is so cool. It's great. It's Bill's so nice. 
Cook said Shatner and the other speakers plan to talk about their careers and field any questions students have with the sessions lasting about an hour. Well, this will be great because uh, because they're film students and that's specifically what they're there for. I'm hoping we won't hear the same stupid, what was your favorite episode? Oh, and yeah. I just want to say you've been so important to me, you know, that type mm -hmm. of thing. Yep. I think that the professor will probably give them a talk. <laughs> now listen. Yeah, yeah. Just stop. Don't, don't be jerks. Don't be jerks. We have him here. Ask about working in the film industry and don't ask him what his favorite episode of Star Trek was. <laughs> and I got to say, I you know, if he's smart, he'll be moderating the questions. So they had, uh, it's up to 500 people total who can attend the Zoom conversations. And all you had to do to get in was to send an email yeah. to his assistant, which I did and you did. And now we both have tickets. So I am Yay. totally excited about it. It's uh, yep. September 14th. So we will do that and we will take good notes and we'll uh, tell you all about how cool it was after. Yeah, that's the... Monday night, isn't it? It is. It's no, Tuesday up. night. Uh, Monday, I think. It's oh, Monday. wait, this is Friday. Yeah, it's Monday night. Monday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that is going to be awesome. I agree. Good for you, Bill. <laughs> ah, so that's <sighs> cool. Yeah, it, it's, again, I'm so happy to see Bill just embracing all these different opportunities and different ways to communicate with people. He obviously doesn't have to go there, so he can just sit and uh, imbue his wisdom into yes. the stuff. The students I, it's funny I think they said that the classes are very small so mm -hmm. there are only like six people who are enrolled in the classes but then mm -hmm. they're going to have 500 people who are attending so that is pretty funny I wonder if they're going to let people who are attending ask questions or whether only the students can ask questions I have no idea huh. well they'll probably tell us at the beginning yeah cool so that's happening and go sign up for the next Galaxy Con because it's always worth it. And they're free. I mean, yeah, on, free. All, so much of this stuff is free. Now, tell tell us, because you probably know more about it than I do, what's going on tonight. Oh, <laughs> so uh, our good friends at the San Francisco Oasis are doing another uh, they're calling it Oasis TV, where they're going <laughs> to show a broadcast. My favorite channel. <laughs> it is a, a broadcast of the Drag Kings doing another Star Trek episode, and this time they're doing the Naked Time. Oh, and boy. I am just so excited for this. It's going to be awesome. It's an hour. Um, I, I think that the video will continue to be up on their YouTube site, because the other ones have been as well. So. Right since this is obviously going to be out afterwards we'll put the link up and you should all go watch it because it's just so good and i'm gonna i'm gonna actually watch it on my big television set rather than on my computer and that will be Ooh, even better yeah wow make some popcorn and watch lee crow <laughs> channeling william shatner it's just yes. so good <laughs> yes okay let's see there was something else i wanted to talk about oh that's right so this past Tuesday was Star Trek Day. Why yes! was Star Trek Day? It was because I believe it was the the premiere of mm -hmm. No Man back in the day, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they just decided to make it Star Trek Day. And that meant that at StarTrek.com, they had a bunch of fun programming. They were showing some episodes, but they also had panels where mm -hmm. they were talking to people. And it was exactly like the panels they had 
at San Diego Comic-Con. It was pre-recorded. It wasn't live. And they just had the different actors come on and talk about what was happening, um, where the plans are going. They showed the new trailer for Discovery and mm-hmm. talked a little bit about each of the series and <clears throat> what their plans are going forward. So I watched the Lower Decks panel, which was really fun to uh-huh. see the actors talking. And I watched the Discovery trailer, which looks really good. I did not get around to watching the other panels, but they reemphasized that Strange New Worlds is definitely going to be episodic, that it's going to be planet of the week, monster of the Mm -hmm. week, problem of the week to solve. So I think we can all feel pretty sure that that's going to be the kind of show we all want to watch. (laughs) Well, I've heard two things in the past few weeks about, I keep calling it the Captain Pike show. (laughs) Um, One is that, you know, due to pandemic and all kinds of other things that are preventing everybody from working, we won't see it until 2022. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. And the other was they were kicking around for ideas to have the young versions of Uhura and Sulu. They were thinking of casting ideas. And I'm just going, no, 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 please don't don't do that. That would oh, it. but the other thing, the third thing, and this just came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a lower decks thing. Q is going to be on. Oh yes, they teased that at the panel, and mm-hmm. they they made sure to say it's not an episode about Q. It <laughs> shows up for a couple of yeah. minutes, and, and it's it. John John Delancey, it's John of Delancey. course. Yes, and it looks like it's going to be very very funny. So I'm yep. I'm excited. There was a thing today where. Um, Star Trek.com has good videos. They're better than they used to be, for sure. They've done this series with the series creator of Lower Decks, Mike McMahon, where he talks mm-hmm. about Easter eggs and how they film it. And today, film it, how they make it. Um, yeah. They talk today about how it goes from sort of uh, initial idea to the, the finished product and how they're doing it while everything's locked down. And it was super interesting. Oh, to, I bet. To see you know, Zoom writer room, writer's room, and then the storyboards, and then having the actors all record the stuff separately in their closets at home, mm-hmm. and how they do the music, which apparently is different musicians all recording their parts separately, and then somebody has to put it all together. And sync it all up. Sync it all up. It's amazing. It sounds beautiful. I mean, the the soundtrack to that is so wonderful Mm -hmm. and really gives you the Star Trek feel. Yes. It just feels expansive and and wide ranging and and optimistic. I love it. I think. Yeah. um, When I was watching Lower Decks, I guess it was last night I was watching the latest one we have. And at the very beginning, I was going, this is such Star Trek music. It's it's good Star Trek music. Mm So Lower Decks, for me, continues to be amazing. I love it. It's like my favorite Star Trek show right now. <laughs> I I laugh at, you know, there's always something in the episodes, several somethings, mm-hmm. that will make me laugh. But, you know, then I'll pick up something that just, just kills me. And it's usually like, you know, a reference to a, you know, a TOS or TNG episode. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was thinking, now that we're on Lower Decks, is um, they were so smart to place this in the timeline shortly after TNG uh-huh. because then they can, you know, make reference to TOS and TNG, which are the most popular, most well-known mm-hmm. of the Trek series. And I think if they were making 
you know, six jokes every episode that referenced Voyager or DS9, it would kind of be like, okay, that's where the really hardcore trick is, you know? Exactly. Yes, completely agree. Yep. It's so much better when they can reference the stuff that's in the popular imagination, but still not too, like they do the obvious stuff. But then in that one episode, they had a flashback for Mariner where she was it didn't say how many years ago, but she was talking with some other people at a bar and as you do. Yeah. Hey, did you hear about what happened on the enterprise? Data has a twin brother and he's working with the Borg. <laughs> well, one of the things I liked was one of the very short little things. And then it cut to what would be a commercial, um, but wasn't, but um, Mariner's down on the ground and there's all these swords pointing at her. And she goes, Surrounded by swords? What am I, Kirk? <laughs> and she made a comment about a guy who's really sexy. And she said, he's like a Kirk Sunday with Travis Tritt. Travis Tripp. Tripp Tucker. His name is, yeah. Yeah, Travis Tritt is a country star. With Tripp Tucker Sprinkles. Oh, so funny. So, so funny. Oh. A Kirk Sunday. I loved that. It made me laugh oh. so hard. Mm -hmm. So I think it just keeps getting better. We find out more about the characters. I am really digging Mariner's relationship with the captain, her mom, and mm -hmm. how they <laughs> fight with each other all the time. I really like how they're using the, the Vulcan hand gesture in various ways. Like she, she when she's mad at her mom, she's throwing it up like it's the middle finger. Like, Yeah, don't you use that so sarcastic Vulcan salute on me. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and, and just, I love finding out more about, you know, people's backstories in little ways. And, and mm -hmm. there's always some crazy thing that's happening too, which is wonderful. You know, I, I love that they're taking advantage of the fact that it's animation and you can do anything, right? You can have right. the entire ship taken over by, um, sentient goo from a, an alien spaceship mm -hmm. and then have it be cleaned up two minutes later. Like it, yeah, you, right, that's right. what you should be doing. It's animation. You can do yep. all those things. I liked when Mariner got promoted and oh. um, Boimler came to visit her in her new quarters and he's like, wow, <laughs> she's got this big bed in this room all to herself. Oh, I, I thought that, you know, there's some really good meta things that go on in here. And I loved the plot of part of the plot of that episode was, you know, her mom promotes her in order to make her miserable so that she'll transfer off the ship because they're driving each other crazy. Mm -hmm. And so by doing that, she's essentially putting her into middle management. And yes. it shows how boring all that is, which I think is sort of a commentary on TNG that everybody said it was, you know, Star Trek as a... As it was a, just people sitting around yeah, talking. it's a corporation. And that's what you do if you're an officer. You're just in fucking meetings all day. All day. Oh, so good. Yep. The other commentary that like almost made me jump up in the air was when the captain found out about buffer time. <laughs> yes. And suddenly it was like, okay, no more buffer time. Everybody does everything on a schedule that I set. Mm -hmm. So if I give you two hours to do something, it's got to be two hours. And everyone's going insane. And I went, that was my last uh -huh. job. The person who was in charge and was setting these due dates knew nothing about what goes into doing each yeah, task. Exactly. 
I, oh, wow. I looked up after that episode. <laughs> I actually looked up buffer time, and that's a real phrase that gets used in project management, which I didn't know about. Like, oh yes, okay. yes, yeah. So it, it was very good that they they did that. Um, the end of that episode gave me the biggest laugh, which I keep referencing, which is that it's supposed to be the future, and they're talking about buffer time, which has been renamed to Boimler time. Because they yes, mistakenly yes. think that he came up with it, even though he's totally opposed to it because he likes to have this schedule. And so it's the teacher instructing this group of children about, oh, this is what Boimler did. He contributed the concept of buffer time. But now let's talk about the most important man in Starfleet, <laughs> Miles O'Brien. <laughs> and there's a giant gold statue of him. Oh my god. Yep. It just made me think about all those the the cartoons, the little comic strip with him sitting all alone in the transporter room going out of his yep. mind because he has nothing to do. He's like the the waiting for the He is. Oh, he so is. And then to make him the most important man. I love that. I just love it. Yep. He was so good. Well, and it also tells us at some point he is going to do something that is universe changing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? He absolutely will. Oh, so, yes, it continues to be great. I'm so looking forward to the rest of the episodes. And um, mm-hmm. if people don't like it, there's something seriously wrong with them because it's that good. It really is. It is. It's such, such sharp mm-hmm. writing. I do have one thing, though, and this might be just me, but they make this big deal out of, and this week, Will Wheaton is is doing a voice, and you know it's it's a name I know. Will Wheaton. Nobody has a distinct enough voice for me to know mm-hmm. who it is. Yeah, and and sometimes it's famous people doing a voice, <laughs> so it, yes. you wouldn't be able to tell it was them anyway. They should, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe they should make a, a little bit less of a deal about that. But uh, the, yeah. the guest voices are people who are quite well known, like in the the voiceover biz, in addition to mm-hmm. actual. Um, Star Trek people who are coming back to do it so you know good for them for getting a, a wide-ranging cast but the, the core yeah. cast is great they're just wonderful I love them all they are super just so look forward to it oh, every yeah. week so let's take a break <laughs> a little break and okay then, um, have we talked that long yes we have oh we goodness. got a couple things to talk about and then we're going to talk about this terrible awful no good very bad movie <laughs> Okay, sounds good. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. We are back. Yay! So in addition to the things that we normally watch that are new... We got to see some old stuff, and a long time ago, about eight, what, eight million years ago, I think it was, um, we... (laughs) The before times. In the before times, definitely in the before times. 
we talked about this very weird little video that we'd gotten. And I remember specifically it was on one of those videotapes that I had bought from um, mm. that kind of gym that had all these little snippets of things that Bill had done over the years. And these, he had done several of these that were from a company called Family Theater, and they were religious. And yeah. they were generally someone doing a voiceover of uh, Psalms from the Bible. And then there was a little filmed vignette to go with it. And they're very short. They're like three minutes. And we watched one that was called Soldier, in which Bill yes. plays a soldier who gets shot and dies in on a beach somewhere. The end. In, in slow, slow motion. motion. And it's kind of depressing. Although he's very good. These were made in the early 60s. And until now, none of the other ones were easily available. Because I remember looking online several times. Mm -hmm. So now, if you go to YouTube and you look up Family Theater, you can find that one, the soldier one. But there's also two more. And one of them is Bill as a boxer. Um, oh, gosh, what was that one called? I will have to look to see. Is this where he's being asked to throw a fight? No, it's only three oh, minutes okay. long. And it... Okay, well, I was just thinking that's what um, it was, so go it's ahead. It's called The Crowd, and it starts mm -hmm. with him laying on a table that's sort of covered up to his neck with a sheet, and it almost looks like he's dead, but he's not. And it, this is black and white, and then you hear his voice reciting Psalm 3, and for the next three minutes, he kind of slowly gets up off this table, and he's wearing... Uh, boxing stuff circa 1962 so he's got like these satiny trunks and uh, his hands are taped and he's wearing boxing uh, or wrestling shoes and he kind of does a little bit of shadow boxing and then he goes out presumably to a fight and you also hear sound like crowd sounds as if he's in a dressing mm -hmm. room before fights and there's other fights that are going on and the, the psalm three is is just about how uh people will fight you and and you know if you're a christian you got to fight for your faith and people will try to take you down and it's very weird it's like how does this work with a boxer i don't really understand the point that they're trying to make here yeah. so i would say watch it only because bill looks amazing so it's mm -hmm. 1962 he looks so beautiful and so young he's got a beautiful hairpiece that's perfectly done um, he's bare chested. He looks really muscular. They shaved his chest, of course, and he's sort of lightly oiled, so he looks very glisteny. And even though it's black and white, he looks so good. And his face is so beautiful, you know. He was so young, and his face was sort of, you know, his cheekbones are so sharp, and his eyes are big mm -hmm. and dark, and he's got long lashes. Oh, he, he looks amazing. So it's worth it just to see how beautiful he is take or leave the religious part of it <laughs> yeah and then there's one more which is called his dwelling place which is psalm 83 and that's just uh narrated by bill he's not in it it's a lot of shots oh. of like trees and shit <laughs> <laughs> okay yep that's pretty much what it is so yeah kind of kind of odd and strange but you can watch them now and it looks like they continue to upload stuff so if he did more of them they'll probably be up there eventually oh my god well they probably either showed them in sunday school or in religious yeah, schools yeah. very possibly. you know christian yep. schools 
so there's that. So anyway, I just wanted to call that to people's attention. I will definitely uh, put a link up so you can go look at their YouTube channel. They had a lot of fairly famous people appear in those things. Like it was just a thing that actors did, and I guess they got paid pretty well for it, and it was work, and you got to put mm-hmm. it on your resume. So yeah, yeah, yep. there you go. So anyway, um, let's let's switch to talking about the worst Trek toys. This is so good. It is an article at Technobob, (laughs) and I like that. It's the weirdest and worst Star Trek toys ever. Uh First up is the official Star Trek helmet, (laughs) which we have talked about before. And uh, (laughs) there's Spock Uh (laughs) in the helmet, you know, looking very serious Uh and Spock-like. It, you know, it's that, that stupid helmet that it's just ridiculous. And all they did was, you know, stick the word Star Trek on the uh-huh. box. So funny. I loved when Ethan Peck opened, like yes. unboxed it on um, that mm-hmm. channel and he was trying to put it on, but it was too small and it wouldn't fit on his head. And oh, right, so good. right. And he was saying, oh, now it's no longer mint. In <laughs> That's <the box."> right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was saying, uh, First up, let me read the description. Ridiculous toy that looks nothing like anything worn by anyone in Starfleet. With its open face, this helmet certainly wouldn't help you breathe on a spacewalk. So I can only imagine it was supposed to be used at pressurized locations, possibly at a Starfleet construction site. (laughs) The stick-on name lettering ensures that Kirk and Spock won't accidentally take the wrong helmet from the locker room. That's right. That's right. Now, this one I have never seen. The Star Trek Skydiving Parachutist, Mm -hmm. which features non-posable figures, both Spock and Kirk, each attached to a plastic parachute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that happened so many times in an episode where someone on the crew of the Enterprise walked out into the saucer and took a flying (laughs) leap down to the planet below. So much better than a transport. Now, to be fair, that happened in one of the movies. In in one of the movies where they actually (laughs) did that. So, And it says... um, in, in, in like a, a, an alert splash on the box, completely assembled, perfectly balanced, and weighted. Uh-huh, sure. Um, and if you were to cut off the parachute, they could look like they're being robbed. <laughs> they you do. Know, their, hands their hands in the air. I noticed that in this particular packaging, the font that they use for Star Trek is similar to what was on the Gold Key comics at that time. Yes. That's where that's from. I think yeah. they stole it, yeah. But it does say official. Mm-hmm. Also in another alert bubble, if you call it, it is realistic floating action. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. And it's, uh, it's the, that is the greenest uh, Spock I've ever oh, seen. Oh, he is very green. It's true. Yeah. He looks seasick. And here we have another Kirk, not mm-hmm. Kirk with a parachute. Another terrible Star Trek toy is this water gun that was shaped like the original USS Enterprise. While they at least got the general shape of the starship right, uh, 
it's it's still completely nonsensical firing water <laughs> instead of a force field out of its deflector dish. Now, if your friends had a Klingon bird of prey water gun, it might be a different story. I have to say, I love this. I I love it when <laughs> they like make something so ridiculous, a water gun that looks like the Enterprise. It's completely awesome. I love how stupid And they've combined the Enterprise with a with a, a phaser. Yes. I, it's amazing. It's incredible. I love it. And it says, official Star Trek USS Enterprise water gun. Right under the word water gun, there's like a space something. <laughs> Do you see what I'm talking about? Uh, yep. It looks like it looks like a big... It does. Or maybe it's like an upside down flying saucer. I'm not sure. Okay, but I'm preferring space. It does. It, yep. It totally looks like that. Okay, yeah, that's, and it's that weird plasticky color. Mm-hmm. It it know? looks like it should glow in the dark, right? That, yes, and let's see, does, does it say it glows in the I dark? Look, well, it, I can't really see it, but it doesn't look like it. It would probably say it in great big letters on the front if it glowed in the dark. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, this one is a rapid-fire tracer gun, and this is one of these toys that would never make it out of the factory today. <laughs> Dating back to the earliest days of Trek, the Star Trek rapid-fire tracer gun. Do you remember that in early episodes? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Looks like the love child of a prop from a 1940s gangster movie and a ray gun from Flash Gordon. Looks nothing like a phaser, but at least it's got these little plastic discs disc-shaped projectiles that you shoot at things until your little brother tried to eat them or stick them up a nostril. I will say that we owned this. And I had had completely forgotten it until I saw it. And I was like, I remembered this. And I think the thing was, it came with six of those. Oh, no, it's more than six. But No, it says 20. But, you know, they were the kind of things where you lost them immediately. You know, the very first time you played with it. They went right up the vacuum. Half of them (laughs) totally gone. So um, it became increasingly less fun to play with because then you'd have one and you just have to shoot it and fetch it and shoot it and fetch it. Um, I am delighted to see that this package has the original price, which is one (gasps) dollar, one whole dollar. And if you look, this picture actually has a price tag on it from where it was purchased, which was a store called Drug Fair, still around today, I think. Where is that Um, part? Oh, is it on the price tag? Yeah, it's a little sticker, and it says it's from Drug Fair, and the actual price sold for was 94 cents, less than a dollar. Oh, boy. Imagine. Wow. Well, what I'm enjoying is that there is an actual photograph of Spock and Mm. Kirk, and it says, Mr. Spock and Captain Kirk, Skipper yeah. of the USS Enterprise. I'm sure he loved being referred to as the Skipper. Yes. Okay, the next thing is the Star Trek metal detection probe. <laughs> <laughs> this was another shameless cash grab. It was just like any other cheap metal detector, but with a Starfleet logo slapped onto it and a sealed detector loop that just happened to pass a slight resemblance to the saucer of the USS Enterprise. The least it could do is detect (laughs) dilithium crystals, but nope, just steel pop tops and other random metal junk dropped onto the beach. 
I'm just imagining, you know, like your grandpa in, um, you know, Bermuda shorts mm -hmm. on the beach at dawn with his Star Trek metal detector. Well, the other thing about this, it's hard to see from this picture, but it looks like the, um, the, the pole part of it is about three feet long. Mm -hmm. So if you're really using it for metal detecting, what are you like bent over the whole time? Oh, yeah. Well, it's perfect for somebody, you know, who's really old and bent over a walker. Can you use a walker on the beach? I don't think so. It'd be difficult with the I sand, wouldn't it? I don't think it? you could. So, yeah, it seems like if, if you were going to use it, you would have to be about the size of a child. And as soon as you got any taller than, you know, five feet, it would be completely unusable. Yep. Okay, this next one is a toy not from the 60s or 70s. You can buy it right now. And it is from uh, Lionel mm -hmm. Trains. It is the Star Trek Lion Chief <laughs> train set. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into like specifics, this large O-gauge train, blah, 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 box cars inspired by 10 Forward, the holodeck and sickbay, all based on their appearance in the next generation if NCC 1701D was Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, because each boxcar has, you know, on its sides, these giant pictures or posters, whatever you want to call them, of Captain Kirk and Captain Picard and different things, it looks like a circus train. It does. It totally does. So here's the thing. I clicked through because this intrigued me. And mm -hmm. first of all, would you like to guess how much this costs? I also clicked okay. through. But I do not remember. I know it was way more than I was going to spend, even for a boxcar full of tribbles. It's, it's $450. <laughs> yeah. So that's a significant investment. And they list what you get. So it's a set, and you get the uh, Enterprise diesel locomotive. Obviously, it's a model. It's not really diesel. <laughs> the, Damn. the 10 forward car. I don't know what that means. I guess you could pop in there and get a drink. The holodeck animated car. What does that mean that it's animated? I don't know. I don't know. Is it, does it run on batteries and it has like a, a little changing LED? I don't know. The close-up pictures here in the article do not, no. I believe they do not show us the uh, 10 forward No, they car. don't. So I don't understand. There's a sick bay car. You get some track. Um, you get the power supply. You get a locomotive that comes with... Um, Oh, it, you can use it with your Bluetooth. It's a Bluetooth app, I guess, on your phone. It has systems and headlights and uh, a cab interior. Everything is made of die-cast metal, so it's very nice. Oh, here it is. Holodeck animated car. The train graphics travel around the car when connected with track power. So it's like one of those rolling billboards that you see, those trucks that drive around town sometimes. <laughs> But it's a holodeck. You know what they haven't come up with? Uh -huh. Is a Star Trek taxi Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> the thing about it being a holodeck, though, I mean, we all know what people use the holodeck for. So what, yeah. what is it showing? What is it? people's fantasies is it people having sex like what is on no, the no it's definitely thing? not people having sex i'm sure oh. of that in fact it might just be pictures from some of their holodeck oh episodes. that's probably a better idea but oh man yeah. the holodeck okay anyway i just wanted to dive a little bit deeper on that because it's so freaking weird 
Okay, the next one is another train. And it is, this is such a great name for a toy. The Star Trek Climb Action Traction Mighty Mike Astro Train <laughs> Gift Set. That's too many words. Yeah. It's like the guys who made this thing thought they could make up for its crappiness by adding more words to its mm-hmm. name. It, um, it says it has zero resemblance to anything in the Star Trek world. It's got a robot carrier trailer, plus they call it a train, and it doesn't even run on tracks. It's a little plastic Yeah, thing. it looks like something from you know, Play And school. really... It, yeah, but look at the the one part, the blue part. When it's away from everything else, it's like the front of a, a tractor it trailer. It looks exactly like that. I also appreciate the non-correct uh, Star Trek font, which looks <laughs> like something really, really wacky from, you know, mm-hmm. very late 60s, early 70s that you'd find in Spencer Gifts. And it appears to fire those same little horrible it discs. Does. It really does. It's got copters that take yeah. off. It's got a mini robot. Treacherous Camelback Skyway. I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> okay, this this is my favorite. Is um the Star Trek based on the exciting TV series? <laughs> because they always use uh-huh. those binoculars. They're plastic. Uh, they're red and white, and they look like they match perfectly with the mm-hmm. helmet. And it's got Spock on it. Um, you can transport down to the surface and survey the area with a set of low-powered plastic Star Trek binoculars. Mm-hmm. They're the only binoculars Spock trusts. I saw that on the package, so it must be true. So so cheesy. I, I am disturbed by the fact that you look at this thing and the packaging has a big picture of Spock who's holding the model mm-hmm. of the Enterprise. We've all seen that picture like 8,000 times. Down at the bottom is another picture of the Enterprise. And then to the right of that is a photograph, an onset photograph from, um, it looks like Friday's Child, I think, of Kirk and yeah. Spock. And No, that's a Mugatu. Oh, is, it? is that Friday's Child? Yeah, I think that's a Mugatu. Oh, it's hard to see. It's very small. Um, yeah, private little war, something. I think. But Kirk's face is obscured. The bottom of the product is right over his face. And it's like, did you guys know nothing? You have to show his face. Yeah, that's that's kind of the point of having his yeah, face. Yeah, it's going to sell more stuff. If you can't see Captain Kirk and it's just Spock on there, who's going to buy it? No. Yeah. Wrong. Uh, I agree. Oh, damn. Well, I can't seem to get to the words on the last one. I can only get the picture. But it is another helmet. And again, this is based on the exciting NBC TV series Star Trek. It is an astro helmet. (laughs) This is the Star Trek astro helmet. And the text says, I started this off with a Star Trek helmet and I'm ending it with an even worse Star Trek helmet. The bubbly yellow Star Trek Astro Helmet looks like one of the ghosts from Pac-Man decided to park it on top of a kid's head and suck out his brains. <laughs> it has non-shattering lenses and a chin protector because the other kids would have beat the stuffing out of you if you wore this to school. It looks like a big oversized football helmet that has big uh, uh cups on the front of it you know kind of domes it's, that are green tinted. it looks like bug, bug eyes. eyes it looks very very bug eyes and uh i don't know what you're supposed to do with it 
but it's got a little picture of Spock and a little picture of the Enterprise, and I guess that's what you pretend, that it's somehow related to Star Trek, because it's not. Mm -hmm. It's totally not. <laughs> it, well, it's one of those things they just slapped yeah. the label yeah. on it. So I'm really glad I had none of those things in my childhood. Uh, the little um, disc firing thing was pretty fun when you had the discs, and then it quickly became <laughs> not fun. <laughs> then you had to like just throw it at That's the person. Right. Isn't there an episode where they throw the phaser? I at think somebody? there is. Yeah, just like <laughs> on cop shows, when you run out of bullets, throw yeah. your gun. Throw it. That makes it. That's good. Oh, <laughs> so I, I think that article may have come out on Star Trek Day. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I you know I love how how uh, the Star Trek. Not just as a fandom, but as a business, as a, a uh, merchandise, whatever. It spans the whole, we're really serious about this, and let's have a discussion of the Prime Directive, to the ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's got all of those yes. things. And I think that helps us, as Trekkies, stay balanced in our appreciation of Star Trek and perhaps many other things. Yep, I completely agree. You you have to you have to take the long view, you have to take the let's be able to make fun of ourselves view or else it's it's bad. Yeah. It's very bad. It, and then it's no yeah. fun. I would not want to be in a truly serious fan. Oh, you know, that's happening right now, just as a quick aside. You know, they're remaking Dune and Yes, I know um, that. Yeah. I have read Dune and I have seen a lot of Dune and I saw some funny headline that was I think on the Onion or Clickhole or something and it was something like, you know, a group of friends casually discussing Dune trailer unaware that serious Dune enthusiast lurks in their midst. And you know, that's <laughs> that's exactly what you were talking about. It's like it's uh, going to yeah. be that person who's going to say, well, actually, and then get all serious about all the things that were wrong with every Dune adaptation. No, no. I read the first Dune book, and the only thing I liked about it was the idea of the spice mm -hmm. worms. I remember nothing else about it, and I never watched the, the, the movie, so I probably will not be watching this should it uh, the, show up. The David Lynch Dune um, has a lot to hate, but there's a lot about it that's so over the top. It's kind of amazing. Mm, okay. Isn't Patrick Stewart is. in that? He very much is in that. Yes. And so is Sting. And so are a lot of right. really good, you know, well, well respected actors. And it's just so crazy. And if you like David Lynch, I think you can see that he was not a hundred percent serious about what he was doing. There's, there's a lot to laugh at. Oh, also Linda Hunt is okay. in it and she's amazing. I love her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, now before we get to the movie review, we're coming up on, on our time here. Do you want to talk about the nastiest red shirt deaths or do you want to say? Yes, I do. And if we go a little over time, I think it's okay. Cause everybody's working from home <laughs> so they can listen to this in their buffer time. Okay. Very good. Okay, this, oh, but thank you, Technobob, for the uh, the bad toys. Mm. This is on Games Radar. The eight nastiest Star Trek <laughs> redshirt deaths. And it says, with few exceptions, the main characters don't get off. <laughs> so this lot, with their name taken from the red security operation shirts worn by crew in Captain Kirk's time, ended up on the losing end of confrontations with aliens, monsters, anomalies, and er plants. Mm -hmm. Says J.J. Abrams, keeping this fine tradition going in the new film, so we thought we'd celebrate it just a few times that the various series have lost through the 
the years. Okay, first one is Krumen Hendorf in the mm-hmm. apple, and that is the splodiest episode <laughs> ever, right? right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yes, and um, th- this person, uh, Krumen Hendorf, is killed by a killer plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this first sentence, Captain Slog. While other crew members are myrtleized <laughs> before him, <laughs> Hendorf has the distinction of being among the group of four red-shirted crewmen who die in the space of one episode, launching the pop cultural sensation that is the red shirt. Yep. Um, and then they have sample death note to the family. Uh, but be right before that, it says, be warned, kids, flora mm-hmm. can kill. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Hendorf, I must sadly inform you that your son, whose first name escapes me at this juncture, has been killed by a vengeful vegetable on Gamma Triangulus uh, 6. We are therefore opening the Hendorf Memorial Garden on the ship in his name and would like to invite you on a free trip to visit the charming display of Venus flytraps and triffids we have on display. Please note the pass is good for one visit only and is valid for one single space year. Yours, James T. Kirk, Captain. Each of these has a a sample death note to family. Now, here's the thing I wanted to mention. The formatting for this is a little weird on this website, Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. can see when someone typed it up, they actually put the words page break in square brackets throughout. (laughs) I know. It made me laugh. It's like, okay, somebody got the HTML a little screwed up. But when you look at it in the context of these captain's notes, the death note, Mm -hmm. after it says yours, James T. Kirk, captain, close quotes, and then there are the words page break in square brackets. It actually for a minute made me think that was intentional. And that's how Kirk does his <laughs> notes. Like he's typing them up and he has so many of them to do. He does one and then he inserts a page break and then he starts on the next page. Dear Mrs. So, so everyone, that's the HTML is still being used. Oh, and he just has <laughs> he has this running list and with a page break inserted after each one. So it prints on yep. a separate sheet of Starfleet stationery. Well, you know how there are three seasons? I think finally, um, at the end of each season, it's like, Captain, you've got to write your death That's notes. right. He saves it all up. You can't get off the ship until you write these. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Next one is Security Officer Matthews in What Are Little Girls Made mm-hmm. Of? And um, he falls into a bottomless pit thrown by Lurch from the Adams okay. family. Okay, dear Mrs. Matthews, I'm writing to inform you of the tragic loss of your son. He was an exemplary officer who was sadly killed when he fell into an endless cavern. I was going to ask that you instruct any surviving children to stay away from the edge of bottomless holes, but it turns out he was murderized <laughs> by an android. Still, safety is important, so think about it. Yours, James C. Kirk, Captain Patrick. <laughs> Okay, Lieutenant Leslie, Obsession, and he died by extreme blood loss. (laughs) Quite possibly the most accident-prone redshirt in Trek history, Leslie was, during his time on the Enterprise, knocked unconscious through psychic power, infected with more than one nasty virus, and um, turned into a solid block of matter. (laughs) If that wasn't enough, his encounter with the dike Dicaronium cloud creature saw him sucked dry of red corpuscles. 
But he did recover and managed to appear in a few more That's episodes. Right. So, you know, good for McCoy. Okay, dear Mr. and Mrs. Leslie, I regret to inform you of the death of your son. He has been an adaptable member of my crew for years now, seemingly turning his hand to every part of the ship, including, I'm sorry to say, death. Hang on, there's someone at my door. <laughs> oh, I'm now informed that he's alive again. Sorry for the inconvenience. Hope this message didn't cause undue worry. Yours, James T. Kirk, Captain <laughs> I love that. There's someone at my door. Um, Ensign O'Hearley, Hirely, from Arena. Uh, he was killed by a reptile, Gorn soldiers. Yes. All righty. Uh, Okay, sample death note. Dear Mrs. O'Hirely, I must sadly inform you that your Starfleet-serving son has been wiped from existence. He's drinking while he's writing these. By the disintegrator, disintegrator <laughs> cannon of a walking lizard. Such hazards are common here among the stars, but he displayed a notable lack of tactical thinking by standing mm -hmm. up in clear sight and shouting that he's seen the enemy. Boom. So really, it was his fault all along. Yours, James T. Kirk, Captain. Yep. I just saw that one the other night, and yep, that guy's a total mm -hmm. idiot. They're they're down on the planet. There's explosions happening. <laughs> Kirk's doing those gratuitous shoulder rolls as he goes from boulder to boulder, and this guy just stands the fuck up and is like, "Hey, there's the enemy," and then he gets that <laughs> It would be even better if the enemy on the opposite side stood up at the same time, going, "Hey, there's the enemy!" and fired. Okay, these all sound, the letters sound like they're being written by Michael Scott, <laughs> I think. Lieutenant Van Mater. Oh, this is next. Yeah, yeah, see, I don't even remember half of these. So I was reading them yeah. and I'm like, eh? And then, you know, so many people get killed by Borg and various other things. I I have no idea what that is. I'm means. skipping that one. I'm skipping that oh, one. Oh, there's only one more that's really worth reading, and that's number eight. I know, and I'm trying to get down to it. Here it is, number eight. Well, yeah. shit. Where no fan has gone before. Futurama! <laughs> he was death by nerdy, gaseous energy being. A little bit of fun for the final entry from one of the greatest Trek parodies ever shown on screen. So agreed. Well, she is a character supposedly recruited for new Star Trek episodes, <laughs> created in the 2200s because James Dewan couldn't yodel the tunes required of the musical shows. <laughs> Uh, he gets killed by Melvar, <laughs> a super powerful fan in the original series. Dear Cousin Welsh, we're really sorry that Welsh, or Welshy, as he liked to be known, we're not sure why, died. We didn't have anything to do with it. It was a living blob of gas called Melvar, and he's mean. Don't worry, his mum is dealing with him. Yours, James T. Kirk, Captain. <laughs> but there's no page break. Oh, that was the last one. He was done after that. He was done. Yeah. End, end yep. of the list. He got to um, just hit send or print or whatever it was. And he was like, that's it. I'm going to go. I'm out of here. <laughs> Line up the chicks. Yep. <laughs> Time for shore leave. You know, when, uh, when uh, Kirk applied to uh, Starfleet Academy, they had to write an essay saying, why, why do you want to be in Starfleet? And he just wrote, the chicks, man, the chicks. <laughs> that got him in he was honest that's what they valued about him oh yes yes indeed okay so are we ready to talk about the oh, fabulous Jesus Christ. Movie? yeah so we uh we watched this movie together now as you probably well you might remember from a previous podcast we figured out that it was available on amazon prime 
So that's what we did. We watched it on Amazon Prime. And I think um, bad is sort of an understatement for this movie. <laughs> it was really bad. Really incredibly oh, it bad. Was, it was horrendous. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> it no. it was slow. It was so padded out. Oh, oh I know. The scary... Thank God for fast oh, forward. Oh yeah, we we skipped a lot. Uh, there were the scary parts were not really scary. It was gratuitously violent. I mean, there were just a lot of people <sighs> who were um, getting disemboweled, literally getting disemboweled, <laughs> and blood all over the place, and. Bill was in it for, what do you think, 20 minutes? Maybe. Yeah, uh, out of an hour and a half of movie. And he sacrifices himself heroically at the end, so, you know, good for him. And the rest of the time he spends yelling at his son because he's not uh, enough of a man to uh, confront these evil... evil Things that want their relic back? I don't know. I don't understand about the, the relic. Yeah, the whole um, MacGuffin thing is not not clear at all. But I believe Bill does say, don't be a pussy. Yeah, yeah. so you get to hear him <laughs> swear. If you ever wanted to hear Bill swear, yeah. you can hear that in this movie. He's oh, very yeah. sweary. He does get to show off his horses, so that's good. I think yes. that was probably written into the contract that, you know, hey, mm-hmm. here I am. I think it was filmed in Kentucky. I believe it was, and uh, there... Jerry Ryan is in it, but not very much. So mm-hmm. she's there. I have to say, the actors are fine. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. actually a cut above the kind of actors you would expect to find in a terrible movie like this. They mm-hmm. all are doing their best, given what they have. But the script is bad. The editing is terrible. Like, you just cannot make sense of what is going on here. Oh, no. It's And ugh. the whole plot just doesn't make sense at all so we watched some of it and we fast forwarded through the rest of it until we could find bill's face yeah it's just because that's how you do these it's things just really really bad it was a bridge too it far was, the only thing that i sort of liked as a concept is that um so the basic plot is that this guy whatever his name is hayes his name is hayes and he's an archaeologist okay. And for reasons that are never explained, he's trying to track down this artifact, and they never say what it is. It's a relic of some sort. That mm-hmm. had... And it has cursed his family. Correct, for a long time. Like, Yeah, so it's kind of like that that Nicolas Cage <laughs> movie, National Treasure, mm-hmm. where their family has all this knowledge that no one else yeah. has. So he has to find it and he thinks he finds it and then he gets chased out of this cave in Kentucky, which has a lot of natural light, I have to say, for a cave that's quite deep (laughs) underground. And he doesn't get it. And then Shatner, as his dad, yells at him and says he has to go back. So he takes a bunch of people. And in the meantime, he dies and then he gets revived in the hospital. And then I think at the end, he actually ends up dying again. But it's hard to say what happens. Uh, in between, he's having <laughs> hallucinations about oh, what's right. So this is the part I kind of liked was that he'll go into a situation and you're you can't really tell if what's happening is real or a hallucination, and 
the the disconnect between what's really happening and the hallucination is actually well done like there's one scene where he goes to a college library and he's looking mm-hmm. for his, his college age daughter <clears throat> and he finds her um uh macking on some guy in between the stacks and this this yes. kid's like a real sleaze ball so he gets into a fight with him and he decks him right there in the library and everybody's like Ooh, yeah. oh my god and then he kind of snaps back to reality and you see that this kid is just like some weedy you know undergrad he's like what did you hit me for mister <laughs> and then the daughter's like what are you doing what's wrong with you so Daddy. Yeah, and I thought that that was actually an interesting concept, and it was kind of well done because you don't realize that it's a hallucination. That happens a couple more mm-hmm. times where stuff kind of spins out of control, and he's not sure what's yep. real or what's not real. Well, and there's one instance of that where it comes right in the middle of a scene. I don't remember what was going on, but suddenly, bam, hallucination. Before you can even think why are we having a hallucination right now? It's back mm-hmm. to reality. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Hey, here's a snippet of film. Let's put it in yeah. here. You know, it's just like, wow. Yep, they, used, they, <laughs> they filmed it and they used every bit of film. And nothing was left on the cutting room floor. Not at nothing. all. Oh, man. So we had been thinking about doing a watch along with this and I we can't it's just too stupid no. and boring to do it so if you're interested in seeing it I would say if you got Amazon Prime it's free so watch the parts that Bill's in and skip the rest of it because yes it's really yes very good the, yeah and you know I I will admit I kind of had high hopes for this that it was going to be another impulse yes but um boy Nothing, no. nothing, you know. Bill's just not in it enough, and it's it mm-hmm. doesn't have enough interesting, like, crazy stuff in it to, to keep yeah. going on the rest of it. So there was a review, amazingly enough, in The Guardian, <laughs> um, and it's called The Tomb, Devil's Revenge Review, Shatner Cursed in Indiana Jones-like Horror. And the subhead yes. says, no opportunity for deadweight exposition or cornball reversals go unexplored as William Shatner <laughs> attempts to destroy an ancient jinxed relic in this bizarre horror slash thriller. <sighs> one, one thing, though, at the end of the movie, it's almost like a repeat of that um, terror at 37,000 feet that we watched mm-hmm. where, you know, Bill throws himself into, in this case, the cave to somehow destroy the ancient evil and save everyone mm-hmm. else. Yep. He, he is very heroic in his sacrifice. Uh, he gets to fire some very comical looking prop weapons that are like mm-hmm. rocket launchers or something. I can't quite remember what they were supposed to be trying to kill all. Yeah, these... it was amazing. The weaponry. He yeah. He, and it was all packed in this very small backpack. It's like, where is he getting all this ammunition from? <laughs> Blowing up these people with skull masks and shrouds mm-hmm. on, essentially. And none of that stuff is ever explained. You know, uh-uh. the, the, the evil people and who they were killing and why he's cursed and where they're from and, like, none of it. Yeah, what ancestor of theirs did something to piss off the... Yeah. The ancient evil. It's just, no. Oh, sad. Very sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we we take that on the chin. Yeah. Because, you know, we're doing it, for, well, for us, but for you and for um, Bill's fandom. Yeah. You know, we are, 
we are not afraid to boldly go into crap. Yes, this is correct. <laughs> the only thing that could have made this better would have been uh, when they when they all went together, mm -hmm. you know, to go do this. If the two kids, the teenage girl and the teenage son, had been wearing like the two helmets from the bad crappy toys, <laughs> that would have been so cool. It would have been very, very good. Oh. I think that everybody involved in this movie did it as a favor to the scriptwriter or the director or there was something that made them do this film because I think they could tell mm -hmm. from the script that it was going to be a piece of crap. Yeah, and you know why Bill is involved in this? You're right. If it was a favor, uh, you know, maybe he made enough money to make it worth it by um, not only his salary, but the horse. Mm -hmm. And I bet a lot of it was filmed on his property. Yes, so that could definitely have been uh, an incentive. Let's just call it an incentive for him. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, now we never have to think about that again, which is very good. So Absolutely. Let's just wipe it from our Wipe memory. it out. So thank you all for sitting through that. Um, and if you end up watching that movie, let us know what you think about it, because we love yes. to hear it. Uh, and in the meantime, so much to watch. There's the Discovery trailer. There's Lower Decks. Um, there's SF Oasis, Oasis, you know, watch that. Yep. There's just a lot. And then uh, there will be Discovery happening sooner rather than later. So that's... Yeah, I think it's like next yeah, month. Yeah, it is. So it's all very exciting stuff. Amazing. Uh, we hope you all had a happy Star Trek day. And, yes. uh, you know, every day should be Star Trek day, don't you think? Well, you know, if you have Star Trek in your heart, every day is Star Trek yeah. day. Don't they say that about Christmas or oh. something at the end of Scrooge or... I guess. I, I'd rather have Star Trek Day, honestly. Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, so that's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. So that's it, listeners. Thank you once again for, for being our listeners. We love you all. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Always stuff getting posted there. Send us news and tidbits. We really appreciate hearing from you. So until the next time we meet, as always, live long and live long. Pot luck. Pot yeah. luck. <laughs>